Welcome back to an all-new episode of the Roller Twenties Podcast. I am Tavares, and today we have a very, very special guest. One of my absolute favorite humans. Oh. Miss Parie Camper. I feel the same. You're my favorite. She is a hot actress on the rise who's currently starring in the hit BET series American Soul, where she plays Dolores Cornelius, who is also the wife of Don Cornelius. Um, she's also made appearances on Netflix's Family Reunion and just executive produced and starred in her first short film, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This How are you is wonderful. Feeling? I'm feeling great. How are you in this good COVID you, you know, area? I'm just trying to maintain. I know that's right. I'm trying not to disrespect the refrigerator. Oh, <laughs> whatever. You can have whatever you Do want. Do a little cardio. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you been staying creative during quarantine? You know. You know what? Um, because of the times, I haven't stayed as creative as I thought I would. Mm. Just with all the protesting going on, um, it's just been emotionally uh, draining and yes. taxing. But it hasn't stopped. Like I, so I've done some creative things and you know, working on some other things, trying to see what's next as far as a web series, yeah. webisodes, another short or what. But um, and then doing some self tapes and things yeah. like that. So. So how's it been quarantining with? Because I saw a tweet the other day that said, the girl said, um, can we please bring back sports? Because this nigga asked me how my day was. And he want to fuck again. <laughs> I think I saw that. I think I saw that. No, what's great. Quarantine with Bay has been wonderful, to be completely honest. Like, I don't, I always say, or we say to each other, we could not have done this without one another. Yeah. Um, so... He's, we learned so much yesterday. He said, you know what? Things that I probably would have learned about you in two years, I've learned in this nine weeks of quarantine. Mm-hmm. And it's so true. But it's been it's been fun. We've been communicating a lot, laughing a lot, just catching up on different things. So, yeah, he's my he's my best friend. Okay. Any uh, quarantine babies? Listen, no. <laughs> no. Let me tell you, I will not be the one coming out with the quarantine baby. Okay, so, Michelle no. said, um, don't make me a mother without making me a wife. Hello? Hello. Okay. So yeah, that's the problem. It's real hair, like you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on both, so it's all good with before the babies. So anyway, um, as you know, this podcast is for and about the twenty something. So mm-hmm. I want to first start with saying, give me one word to describe your twenties. Ooh, <laughs> undercover. Undercover. <laughs> oh, good job. No. <laughs> I think that's your other podcast. Let me go. <laughs> no. Um, no. Okay. So no, in my twenties is when I. I was, ooh, yeah. It was, you know, it was it was different. It, you know, I don't know if it was the first half. The first half, I was more free. Uh-huh. Um, and a little ratchet and undercover ratchetness, you know. Uh, and then later in my 20s, I think I started saying, okay, this is what I want. This right. is what... I start, you know, it was more calm yeah, for me. Same. More settled. You know, yeah. Just side note, as a cancer, <laughs> how do you wrangle your emotions? Oh, I have to... So... It comes with time. Yeah. Let me say that. And, and yeah. So I have to check myself mm-hmm. and check myself hard. So I sometimes I put myself on timeout. I go to the bedroom and I'm like, I'm not talking to anybody yeah. until I get this under control. I feel like um, just now at 30 something, um, <laughs> I'm kind of more grounded. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you because um, at first I used to be like, man, yes. you want to fight? You want, yes. you know. All of that, so it, yeah. But now it's more, it's more tamed. For what sure. do you miss most about your twenties? And would you redo them? I would not redo the twenties, actually, um, because I still, I feel like I learned what I needed to learn mm-hmm. or whatnot. But I will say, what I learned a lot was 
just about me. It was discovering who I was and who I wanted to become and mm-hmm. what I would stand for and what I wouldn't stand for. Right. It was stuff that I would, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, hell no. I'm yeah. not doing that again. <laughs> yeah. Or I will not accept this again. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm taking care of this dude. Oh, absolutely yes. not. And, you know, you just yeah. learned it in your 20s of what you're worth and mm-hmm. what you will do and what you won't do. Absolutely. Um, and what you will accept and what you won't accept. And once you come into that, oh, it's a game changer. Absolutely. Yeah. So people always ask, like, how do I get into acting? How do I get into the industry? And I always tell people there's no one way to do it. Because mm-hmm. this is not something that you can go to school for and you have a guaranteed Listen, job. Hello? So this conversation, I want to be more about the journey of, mm-hmm. you know, the process of you getting into whatever you got into. Cool. All that kind of stuff. So take me back to a young Paris. <laughs> Listen, young Paris. You, a Dallas native. Yeah, I am. So... When did you get bit by the entertainment bug? Listen, when I was saying my Easter speech at church. And no lie, I know you're supposed to be doing it for Jesus. I get it. However, I love the audience <laughs> instant gratification mm-hmm. of how they gave me a sin innovation, how they had the lights flickering. Um, the speech was called The Last One. And when they stood up, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. I like this. Ooh, I need this again so in my life. Old. Um, I think I may have been, it was before teenage, my teenage years. So I may have been 11. It was Sunshine Band. Uh, So I may have been like maybe 11. And you was like, I want to be in entertainment or an actress specifically? Actress. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to act. Yeah. So then what does that look like in Dallas? You know what? So I will honestly say I didn't dream big enough because I didn't even know what to dream. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it looked like either because I was, you know, sheltered and I didn't do much. I didn't do a lot of extracurricular. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know. I thought it was only in those four walls of the church where I could do what I thought, you know, I... I could just act yeah. and that's that's it I thought it was just speeches Easter speeches I was looking forward to the next one the following year um, but then later on I started understanding hey there's a community and there's theater mm-hmm. and theater became my first love and then when I went to high school for radio television film I was in a one act plays there and theater there and I'm like, oh, wait, so this looks good. But I still never dreamed that it would be outside of Dallas. Right. Oh, you know? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was still, I still had like a short vision. I was short-sighted. Just did not think that it would ever happen for mm-hmm. me, you know. Or I was, uh, not even that it would happen, well, that too, but that it was just limitations of what I could do. Was your family supportive of? No, not, I'm not saying they were, they thought it was, they felt like it was a hobby. Yeah. You know, they was more like, oh, girl, you about to go to church and you're going to sell these cookies for the church. You're going to sell these M&Ms for the church. <laughs> You know, these reports to the church. Everything was surrounded, you know. So, hence why my 20s was undercover. But, you know, everything was surrounded by, you know, church. So, I was like, oh. Was that disheartening? Like, to, to... For people not to understand your vision? Not at that time, because I thought that's all it was. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And when you're kind of like taught that mentality, that's what you think it is until you start seeing something differently. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, whoa, wait. No, so other people are doing it. And you try to convince yourself of why you shouldn't or why you can't or why it can't be done for you. And you just have to get through all those mental roadblocks, Mm -hmm. for sure. So take me back to your first televised gig my first televised gig um well so i did short films and things like that but the so i don't want to discredit the short films at all because they made film festivals and uh every time i saw myself i counted a blessing and a great opportunity to be able to do what i love doing but um the first televised one that everyone knew about was american soul recently yeah that's the first one that people actually knew about 
Um, and that one was very, oh my gosh, I can't, it was a, it was a very surreal moment. Um, because you're putting yourself out there and you're putting yourself out there to be criticized. Right. You're putting yourself out there to be, uh, you know, celebrated, mm-hmm. but you're putting yourself out there for anything, right. um, to be critiqued. And shoot, you know, we artists, are we sensitive right. about our stuff for real. So it's just like, oh, shoot, I couldn't even look at it the yes. first time. And we had a live tweet event and I just kept my head down the entire time. I just couldn't look at myself. So before. OK, so we'll get to that. But before mm-hmm. getting to American Soul, did you ever go through the whole starving artist thing or did you always just have a nine to five? Well, so there was a time where I went through, okay, you know what, let me um, let me not work and let me set up a nonprofit organization and see if that brings me joy. But shoot, it's only so much that <laughs> in Dallas that I could do, um, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I like to eat too much to starve. So I was just like, no, <laughs> wait a minute. Like, yeah. let me go on the back and get this nine to five and still try to figure out how to do both. Right. Um, I, I remember when I first moved here, the first TV thing I did was the TV show Numbers. Okay. And um, I was so hyped, and it was extra work, which I thought that was a big deal or whatever. <laughs> so they called me, and they was like, um, we want you to be this this thug, this gangster, or whatever. So they put all these tattoos on me, Stop. and they had me like leaning back in this escalator or whatever. So all that to say, I had all my family tuning in, okay. and all that show was my elbow. But- Oh, it happened. And I know I've got them written. Oh, my so God. I'm mad about it. <laughs> Yo, the stuff that ends up on the cutting floor. Man. Good grief. Like, that's how you're going to play me? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how did you manage to go from working as an executive to saying, like, I want auditions? Well, first, take me back to how you ended up at BET. Because okay. I know Paris through BET. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so, it's a funny story. But I was in New York. I lived in New York before L.A. I love New York. The energy is unmatched there. I love, love, love New York. But I was, so I had saved up money uh, to move to New York. And then once that money ran out, because I went to Stella Adler Studios for acting. Mm -hmm. And once that ran out, I was like, oh, I got to get a job. Um, Because I went to New York not knowing anybody or anything, you know. Um, and I had moved to, I had decided to move to New York before I even visited New York. Mm-hmm. I just knew I wanted to be there. And so I basically was trying to figure out, yo, where am I going to work or what am I going to do? And you have to understand New York is so many people and everybody have MBAs mm-hmm. and so many people have bachelors. So I'm like, yo, the competition is still steep and sometimes it doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. They're not choosing me. They're not right. saying, okay. So it was a mutual friend, a friend of mine, had introduced me to a young lady, an executive at BT, and he was just saying, oh, she's really nice, she's so sweet, go to her and talk to her about acting. Mm-hmm. And so, I tried to set up appointments with her so many times, and it just kept, um, like, it was so busy, I guess, and the schedule kept moving, mm-hmm. and I'm like, see, this is typical BT. I ain't got time to do them, you know, whatever. So, <laughs> so then we finally connected. And she was supposed to actually just tell me about, you know, acting. But she said, hey, I'm not. That's not my area. But you should talk to Robbie Reed. But Robbie was in L.A. And I didn't know who that was at the time. Well, I didn't know her like that at the time. And then um, so she said, well, you could be a PA or something. I have shows. I do specials. So you could just be a PA. You know, I'll get you some money. I'm like, okay. So then as soon as that, she said, well, what did you used to do back in Dallas? And I said, well, I was... Uh, a teacher but I was also an assistant Mm -hmm. and then she looked up and just said oh I need an assistant right now and I said okay wait 
so my informational turned into a job interview okay. on site yes. and it's, it was going to be a trial and error because she knew I wanted to act right. so she thought I wasn't serious yes. about being an assistant mm-hmm. and so trying to be here to be yeah serious. you know yeah. right and I'm like so it was so I knew there was some resistance there um, at the beginning because you know everyone yeah. wants to get in there sometimes mm-hmm. they want to do their own thing and then yeah. they leave yeah. I understood that my season was to support her mm-hmm. um, and understanding in that season if my season is to support her the blessing will come you know mm-hmm. and so um, you know she put me on staff like really quickly and, and what year was this? So yeah, it was 2015, and I learned a lot behind the camera. I learned a lot about productions, mm-hmm. and that's what I took away. Like I'm supposed to learn right. and understand both sides of the business, you know. Because we always hear about Bobby Brown and all them new additions on those contracts. You better know what your contract exactly. says. So yeah, um, yeah, I became the assistant for sure. Okay, I have a, I'm gonna get back to that. So mm-hmm. let me tell you how I ended up at BET. Okay. So. I moved here in 2005 right mm-hmm. after Katrina. And then um, that was the year that Destiny's Child was on there doing the little lap dance and stuff. Oh, so I said gosh, to myself, to you. Yeah, I was like, I, I love BT. I watch 106 Park every day, mm-hmm. Rap City, Cedars World. Like, BT yeah. was it. Yeah. So um, I said, damn, I'm moving to LA. I was like, next year I want to go to the BT Award. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I got here, I ended up seeing um, the seat filler with Kelly Rowland mm-hmm. and Dwayne Martin. Oh, oh, a little independent okay. movie. Okay. So I was like, oh, I'll be a seat yes, filler. I remember that. Yeah, it was a good okay. movie too. Yes. So um, I Googled it, found out BT do the seat fillers for the BT Awards mm-hmm. or whatever. But I ended up not being a seat filler. I ended up being a talent escort. Okay. So then I was doing that every year for the award shows and whatever like that. So then fast forward, I was doing security in like 2015. And Which is hilarious to me. Can I just say that? Because I cannot see you securing and not like I can see you. <laughs> Like just reading people left and right, but I don't see you like you know you took you for that. So I don't see you like. So anyway, um, got a security job and they told me they had a um, post at the BET building. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So when I go to the interview with someone who shall remain nameless, who I don't like. <laughs> Um, he interviewed me like in his glass room and I seen Robbie Reed walk past mm-hmm. and he was like well you know what are you trying to do here and I was transparent I was like look I'm taking a security job but I'm not trying to do security I was like I want to be <laughs> you know in the middle okay, so um, when Robbie walked past he was like you know we always have problems hiring people who want to be in the industry as well because they don't know how to do their job mm-hmm. and he was like the last person we hired was like putting their headshots on her desk overnight and we had to let him go. And I was like, well, I'm not excited to see Robbie. I know who she is. I've right. been in LA for a long time. Right. Ain't nothing. So I understand how to play my position right. too. Right. So um, he said, well, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you the job, but you'll you'll probably have to do that for about a year before you can kind of move around and, you know, mm-hmm. start asking for anything or whatever. But that ain't my timeline. Mm-hmm. So I was working <laughs> there. I got cool with everybody. You know, people like me, whatever. So my desk used to be cracking. Right in the hallway so right. then my supervisor started hating on me like you can't be holding people up I'm like I ain't holding these people up they right. talk they to me. Right. so um, anyway an opportunity came up to work in the finance department under Sean mm-hmm. and you know I was cool with Sean so he wanted to hire me mm-hmm. so I had to ask to interview in different um, departments yeah. so it wouldn't be like a conflict so I interviewed in the sales department finance whatever so I was making strides and then they ended up firing me after they gave me permission to under those grounds yeah. Oh, wow. Because I was already bumping heads with my supervisor. But I sell that to say, now I'm back freelancing and I can help produce and be, right. you know, just yeah. the power of manifestation Absolutely. and doing what I want to do. Yeah. And not working on your time. Exactly. Hello. 
So, okay. um, but anyway, how did you go from working to now auditioning for American Soul? So it's crazy because again, I was never saying, "Oh, I'm an actress." Oh, even though you know some people do that, I think that's where I have to come out of my shell and just say, "Hey." you know um this is what i do and it just took a minute because again just going through all those things when i was younger and having to say this is what i do mm-hmm. this is not a habit right. a hobby this is what i love it's you know it's a mental thing yeah. and so it messed with me a lot it I, it really did and there was one time where i just said you know what i cannot i try to give it up and i said it's almost like really taking breath away from me mm-hmm. if you're telling me not to act you know um and even in my assistant job i was just like Hey, well, maybe I'll just stay, you know, maybe I'll just get on a trajectory to be an executive and that's mm-hmm. it, you know, and or an EVP or um, over programming or something. Let me just get that because it doesn't seem like it's going to happen for yeah. me because you see it happening around you. Mm-hmm. So you don't know if it would happen to you. Right. And so it's crazy because someone says something and I think I they was just like, oh, well, Bree acts and told Robbie. And so I said, yeah, if you ever need, like, help with readers or whatever, mm-hmm. let me know. And so she just asked me one time if I wanted to come in and be the reader for an auditions, mm-hmm. for auditions that were happening. And I would see her glance at me while I was, you know, reading. Mm-hmm. And I would, again, I would go in, do what they asked me to do, and go back to my desk. You know, what you have to, what I, what you have to have in, in my position is a supportive uh, boss, yes. period. right. And my boss lady is my boss lady is a uh, freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Period, hands down, point blank. So she allowed me to uh, gave me permission to go ahead and do all of that and to be a reader. Um, but did you have it in your mind like I know she's looking at me, or were you really just trying to help out? No, I was really helping out. Okay. But then I was just like, but I hope she sees me. Okay, cool. And that's the thing. And when I was like, I hope she sees me. I hope that she sees that I am talented. Yeah. Or I hope that, or you know, I hope she sees that there is something there. Mm-hmm. Um, not expecting anything because you know this whole this game of acting. Yo, you hear a whole bunch of noise yeah. and everything. So and then you want names and then you want social following yeah. to be high. It's just uh, you know. So I'm like. But I hope she sees the talent. Mm-hmm. So she started having me to be a reader more often and more often and more often. And then American Soul comes. <laughs> um, she said, listen, I'm going to have you to be the reader for American Soul. Okay. For the network auditions and for um, chemistry. Okay. There, that way the producers can see you. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Again, sometimes you have to get past the name. And uh, what is a reader? You would do like all the female parts, or mm-hmm. okay. Yep. So whoever like was coming into audition, I would do female and male parts. Okay. So whoever's coming into the audition, I would read opposite of them. Okay. And during American Soul, I was so nervous doing the network testing. I was like, wait, why am I nervous? I'm talking about like I was auditioning, yeah. and in a way, I was, mm-hmm. you know. But you I knew was, they was watching. Yeah, but I was so nervous, and I know I'm not just a reader that is like uh, that's flat. Yeah. Like I want to make sure I give some people like flat. Yeah. But I wanted to make sure I give them something yeah, to you know to, to the energy to feed mm-hmm. off of. So then I became the reader, and people who were working with me who didn't even know who was in that room was just like, wait, what is happening? Mm-hmm. And so... Because you had to step it up a notch from the reading Oh, before. listen. <laughs> listen, I was like, where's the paper so I can go learn lines? Yes. You know, <laughs> whatever. And so, um, and people who were actually auditioning were just saying, yo, that's good. Like, you an actress? Like, what, what's, what's happening? And I'm like, yeah, I work here. And um, mm-hmm. so I'm just helping you all out. But yeah, I act as well. And it was weird to say, but when you yeah. start standing in yes. it... Oh my gosh, it's a game changer. But I was just like, wait, ooh. Because why didn't you have the confidence to say that before? Yo, because, again, I had to get through the whole... 
like I have built up barriers for myself mm-hmm. in my own mind as to this may never happen, okay. you know, and so I never wanted to get happy. So it was and just lacking that confidence to say, is this what I do? Can I say this? Right. I can't. I, ain't, I haven't done anything yeah. major. Should I say and this? And as soon like, as you say it, they're going to be like, what have you been doing? Exactly. Like, oh uh, <laughs> hello. Hello. Yeah. So I'm just like, y'all, I don't think I can. I, mm, I can't tell them I was in a one act play playing Raising in the Sun yeah. back in 1998. Like what? What? No. Yeah. yeah. So then once that happened, the producers are saying, oh, wait. So we thought you was coming down here. Like just as a favor for the company, but you you rocking it out, mm-hmm. and even um, Tony Cornelius, which is Don Cornelius's son mm-hmm. in real life, he said, "Y'all, you're a great actress. You remind me of my mom because mm-hmm. I was reading the part okay. of his mom. It was like you exude her energy, her spirit, her personality. Like you remind me of my mom." And what's crazy is they started looking at me and I started doing different roles. And mm. it was just like, yo, she's killing this crackhead role and she's killing yes. this role and this role. That's crazy. Like, so I went from being in there listening as a network as they're talking about everybody else yeah. to where they asked me to leave the room. Oh. And I'm like, yo, wait, what? So I'm in there listening to them say this, this, this. Okay, well, this one, this one, this one. And then they're just like, hey, Pari, can you leave the room? Okay. And you know, look, yeah. when I get nervous, I get bubblegum. Yeah. So I was just like, whoa, what's happening? And so, um, yeah, and then they called and offered me the role uh, when they was offering everybody else the role. They Without even me. knowing that it was coming. With you that, just got a call like, hey, I got do you want to do this? Yep, I got a call from Robbie Reed. Wow. And she was very strategic and, you know, just making sure I was seen, not knowing yeah. what would come out of it. Mm-hmm. And she didn't force anything. She was just like, hey. You know, we don't want you to be stuck right here thinking this is all you have to offer. You actually do this. You yeah. know, so yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's how it happened. So how do you balance having a full-time job and being like a now you Ooh. big time? Well, <laughs> I still won't say big time. But listen. Like, are you auditioning a lot pre-COVID? Pre- yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thanks to my agent, Jason, and manager, Karen. Yo, so I would be, I would, I was on set for American Soul all day. And trying to make sure I can balance the two. Mm-hmm. So I would never miss an email. And I would just say, hey, I'm on set this day. And because they knew I worked for the network, they just made sure my my times and days were like back to back so that I, I could knock it out mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Even my my the my friends on set, they were just like, Yo, you good? Like you over here answering yeah. calls, you gonna you you good? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna go right I go right back in. And it, it does help to have a supportive boss. Oh my god. Like, I interviewed for um LA Reed one time to be his assistant and he was just very honest, like, I'm not I'm looking for a career assistant. I'm not looking for nobody that's trying to come up and move out and They'll tell things. you that. They yeah. will tell you that for real because it's so many people who you know, who will go in at that role but then they're just like yo yeah and then when you're an executive you really need support like right. you need that hardcore support and i did that yeah. you know for five years and i didn't mind it yeah. you know what i'm saying right. i didn't mind it at all um because i learned so much mm-hmm. and because i love her and who she is it was right. a joy to work and learn from her so yeah how far away do you think you are from leaving your full-time job and just concentrating full-time on let me tell you something acting? i thought listen See, I have my own plans. And then COVID. The <laughs> Lord said, not so. Uh, not yet. Um, but no, I'm close to it. I'm very close to it. You know? And I know my mom still probably is just like, girl. Right. You don't have no insurance. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't get no consistent check. But sometimes yeah. even freelancing. Yeah. Because the great thing, because I learned, I still feel, feel like I can freelance in between mm-hmm. time and the meantime. Yeah, for sure. 
And you still make money because you get to put your own pay on there on what you're worth and what yeah. you know someone should pay. I haven't had a nine five in like four years. And that's wonderful. Yeah. That's wonderful. And it comes with how is know, it now? Oh, okay. well, how is it now? With um COVID and stuff you mean? Yeah. Oh um, with the entertainment being shut down for you know a little bit. I done been through so many things in my twenties, I just know how to move. Okay. Like I'm good with money. Uh-huh. I live below my means, mm-hmm. so I'm not tripping like that, mm-hmm. but I'm always looking for the next check. Yeah. But, that's what's up. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I, this happened actually back in two thousand eight when the writer strike happened. Okay. It messed me up because oh. I had just joined SAG and I was oh. working a lot and I was making a lot of money and then everything was shut down. I ended up homeless. What were you doing? Back What's that? Oh, yeah. Nice. I was on Girlfriends. I was a regular on um, Eli Stone. Uh, Everybody hates Chris. Uh-huh. I was working a lot. Wow. But, okay. Yeah. So. Wow. I was always prepared for when this shit come back around. I know. That's right. <laughs> Just saving up. Uh, what did you do with your first big check? I put it in the bank. Like I, what I wanted to do was, um, cause I'm, I saved too. Mm-hmm. So I just, I wanted to open up a separate account just for acting, for any acting checks. Let me open it up, and just, I, yeah, I didn't go shopping. I'm so I'm good at that type of stuff. Yeah. Like I don't have to go shopping. I don't have to go and get the name brands and the. Th- that's just me. Maybe I should, you know, sometimes I should treat myself and yeah. I have treated myself, but it's not a thing to me. Like my mom has always instilled for me to save, mm-hmm. you know. So my first one, I was just like, okay. Let me go on and put this over there. Right. Yeah. So how is it now when you go home? Like, do you feel like you made it or like your country cousins bragging on you? When I go back home, it's, it's funny because my mom brags on me to everybody else, but mm-hmm. not me. Okay. So, baby, she know how to keep me humble like crazy. Yeah. Her and my granddaddy. Oh, my granddaddy was just like, oh, she on TV? Oh, okay. You know, we'll watch it later. I'm like, daddy, come on. Yeah. You know, but, um, and my cousins, I, you know, some of them just like, <laughs> one of them, she said, oh, I didn't even know you were somewhat of a big deal till I Googled you the other day. And I said, oh, you think I'm out here just twiddling my yeah. thumbs and just playing? I'm just out here trying to hustle for no reason. She said, oh, girl, I, saw, I picked up somebody and saw your picture. Oh, okay, cousin, go ahead then. Yeah. So it's, um, nah, they keep me humble. <laughs> my family be excited about everything. Oh, like, don't get it. They excited, did, um, but they keep it home. An episode of uh, Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Uh-huh. And, like, when my nieces and nephews seen that, they was like, they thought I was the biggest oh, thing. I'm like, y'all, so I'm not making no money. Listen, <laughs> I think that's what, yeah, they're just like, okay, good job. Keep it up. All right, we love you. Stay grounded. You know, that's how they are. But other people, like my sorority sisters, their children, to say, my baby saw you on family reunion, you're getting mm-hmm. hit. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them that was the carrots. It was not Paris. Don't try. Who are some of your peers? Like, who do you see mostly in the same category as you when you're auditioning? Oh. That we might know. Oh, my gosh. Because, um, like, when I was auditioning heavy, it was always, like, me and, uh, what's his name, Brandon T. Jackson, the little comedian guy. It's now it's the the, the, the ones that's on Boomerang and, mm. um, and games people play. Okay. It's that circle now. Okay. It's, yeah. Um, and, but, and what's great is that I love when we go in there to audition. Everybody's just like, all right, rock out. Yeah. Do your thing, girl. You know. Because what else you going to say to me? <laughs> listen. I'm the way. Listen. listen. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. It's, yeah. How do you not, how do you not stay attached to the outcome? Like, when you go to auditions, how do you, like, not internalize the rejection? Oh, Tavares, I'm learning that now. Um, <laughs> I think it's a process for that mm. because I'm starting out in this now uh, on this on this level it's a new process that you have to learn because listen at one point i was just like yo like they wouldn't even some people casting directors was just like hey yeah no 
she's just not right by looking at my picture. Yeah. Y'all know what I could? Oh, we need more wit. Because my reel is America's Soul and more oh, dramatic. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, y'all, I'm, I'm funny. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sarcastically funny. What yeah. you mean? You know, so it's just not even getting the chance yeah. of getting in there to show mm-hmm. what you can do. Um, and like not too long ago, maybe a couple of months ago, I was just in there like, whoa, what What am I doing? What yeah. am I doing? You know, um, but you just have to press through it. So do you feel like on the times that you've been overly confident or felt like you did good, you wouldn't get a call? And then when you kind of question it, you'd be like, oh, then somebody do call? Well, there have been times where I was just like, you know what? I killed that audition. Mm-hmm. And at this point because again you have to understand I know I know the conversations that happen yeah. so that helps me Yeah. I think if I didn't have that I probably would have quit because even in the reader's room when you were hearing the notes on the other actors I'm sure you were making adjustments it, absolutely and it wasn't because in some, you have to understand too some of it wasn't because the person wasn't good Yeah. it was like they were matching them up with mm-hmm. this person they already have okay well we want this person to be the lead Yeah. well what's the height or what's, do they look like they could yeah. be a family or does it's all that mm-hmm. you know so you can't take everything personal right. with just your talent because after you talk about height after you talk about what someone that with the age they look like after you talk about if they hair if they look like a family if they look like this or um and if, if you actually is, privy to those conversations you will get your feelings hurt because they'll be hello? like uh she got a yes. stomach the tooth bone hello you know like this kind of hair before you even get to your yeah. talent though mm-hmm. you know what i'm yeah. saying so I'm just like, okay, again, like the casting director was just saying, oh, no, she doesn't fit this part. By looking at my headshot? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Hmm. Yeah, so. Um, what advice would you give to people that are auditioning now? Like ways to stand out or like things that you've picked up? Go in and tell a story. Mm-hmm. Tell the story. Look at it as an opportunity and not an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say to the people who are auditioning, um, don't be afraid to challenge the casting directors. Mm-hmm. Like, ask them, you know, what exactly are you looking for? Mm-hmm. You know, so you can give them what Have you want. done it? I do it all the time. Anyway. I do whatever I want, really. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, of course. I tried... I, yeah. <laughs> like, for instance, when I um, I did a Blimpies commercial, mm-hmm. and when I went to the audition, you know, everybody do their lines, and I remember as soon as I was walking out, I yelled the line again. And I ended up getting it. So just to stand be out. Be memorable. I yeah. was, yes, be memorable. I'm always asking questions. And a lot of times they'll shush you and kind of, you know, they'll uh-huh. be real dismissive anyway. But you know, hurt your feelings? No. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't even know where that came from, but I've always had the attitude of, yo, man. Right. I know, yeah, that's so, what's up, yeah. But this is what y'all won't do. Okay. Um, When I got here, my very first audition with an agent, guess what I did for a monologue? What? Jerome. Jerome. Martin. <laughs> Wait, let me please do it. Like, no, no, I got, no, tell, no. Go ahead. I think it was the engagement episode when uh, Snoop was on there, so it was like, uh, uh, show your ride. Uh, uh, uh. Mind these white people don't know who the fuck. And I'm very confident <laughs> in my skit. And then, oh, okay. And I'm how like, long was it? It was like a minute, like whatever. The, oh you know, my god, I was going off. Oh my god, because I love Martin. Yeah, but I didn't get too, it, obviously. Okay, yeah, and I love Martin too. I, I, absolutely, but I do, yeah, I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, don't do that. I, no, I would never. Um, <laughs> is there a such thing as a casting couch? And do you know people specifically, not to say anybody, but do you know people who slept their way to the top? I don't specifically know anyone <laughs> who slept their way to the top. And the only casting couch that I'm, uh, of I heard of was that I'm sitting down having a meeting okay. in plain sight with open windows. Have you ever so, been propositioned? No, no, but no, no. 
Mm-mm. Never. Hmm. So, I feel like we have similar personalities, like mm-hmm. straight cha- you know, straight uh-huh. shooters or whatever, but yeah. how do you deal with, like, industry politics and, like, the people who aren't so forward? Or, like... Uh, yeah, give it to me how it is. I don't like all that. Like, yeah. just tell me what it is with all these politics. Or, like, like let's do lunch, but it's not really... Man, give... Now, that right there. Um, I don't even say that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like... Come on, man. We don't, we don't have to play yeah. like this. We don't have to play them. Games. We don't have to play those games. If you don't, let's just not play them. Yeah, I agree. But it's a thing. Yeah. But why we gotta play them? I, I, agree. I, I don't feel like playing <laughs> the social play. numbers. I don't feel like you're. I don't want to play. I don't want. Yeah. I don't. Mm-mm, I don't. Mm-mm. I, I don't feel like wanting to play. Build your followers up. I don't feel like playing the game of take pictures with celebrities. Yeah. For, for what? Like, I only want to take pictures with who people I like taking yeah. pictures with. I only want to put on my page what I'm, like, very... Passionate about. Yes. Yeah. Why do I got to do all that? What does, like, it's the game, and I'm like, yeah. I don't... Does your agent try to get you to do certain things or be at certain events to... Like, Managers have definitely um, tried to get me to, to build up my social following. And, you know, I just... Yeah, no. Like, yeah. I... Like, I, that's not me, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want to become a person who is not me. Yeah. You know, I for I understand you got to play the game, whatever, whatever. I just don't want to look back and say, ooh, who was that? For what? Yeah. Like, now nah, it's a pleasure to meet me, too, because mm-hmm. I'm just a real person. Right. How about that? What's that moment that's been like, damn, is this real? Oh, uh, let's see. Oh, when I <laughs> executive producing my first film. Okay. It was um, because I had to be in the trenches with yeah. all of it. It was a proud moment because from beginning to end, putting money behind it, uh, finding the writer who I think would tell a great story, putting One Happy Camper out there mm-hmm. to say, yo. Which is the name of your production company. Mm-hmm, One Happy Camper. And so just doing all that to say, hey, you know, this is where you can find good quality content. Mm-hmm. You can go over there if you want, mm-hmm. but this is where you find good quality content. Has there been a celebrity that you were shocked to uh, find out was a fan of yours? Or that's like tweeted you or like said, hey, good job, I see you? Oh, you know who did it and it made my, and I still screenshot it and it made my heart so wonderful. Robert Townsend. Oh, what do you say? Because he directed episode three of American Soul. And every time I see him now, he he, I was just like, you did a fabulous job, and there's so much great things in store for you. And uh, it was, you know, it was great working with you. We should work, you know, working together, yeah. just all that. And when I see him, he was just like, oh, look at my babies, you know. And I'm, it's just because he's yeah. a artist or actors director. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um, and he's someone I love. Come on. Yes, he got all the classics. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Has there ever been a celebrity that you've admired from afar? My admiration for Regina Hall is beyond. Yeah. Listen, and when I met her in person, I think I just fell in love. Now, why her? Even more. Why her? Yeah. Like, what do you like about her? Oh, my God. First of all, she's funny. Yes. And I know she probably was a dramatic actor for at first, but she is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Funny. She is funny. Without Yo, even trying. Without trying. Yeah. And she's beautiful. She's, and she's talented. She's professional. She's working. You have to... Yo, when I met her, and I the first time, I, I didn't even want to talk to her because I was like, oh my God, I'm so shy. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a time where I finally had the opportunity to talk to her when... Because her and my boss, Connie, are friends. And when they talked, I was with Connie. And I was able to just say, I was able to just say, um, you are my favorite. Yeah. You like you're my person. You're my person. And so, and she's just real humble and professional mm-hmm. and just yeah, she just exudes all of that. I love her. 
Yeah. Like, yeah, I love her. That's awesome. Yeah. So before we wrap this up, I do like to play a game with all of my guests. It's a quick <laughs> uh, rapid fire round. Okay. So before you leave, uh, would you rather be loved or feared? Oh, God, loved. Love, okay. Favorite quote? My favorite quote, uh, oh, eyes haven't seen nor ears have heard the great things that the Lord has prepared. Mm-hmm. Best advice you've ever gotten? Mm-hmm. Mm-mm-mm. Take care of Paree, my grandmother. My late grandmother used to say it all the time. Worst advice? <laughs> uh, the worst advice I've gotten was, yeah, I couldn't do something. Okay, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the secret talent that you have? Oh, I know sign language. Do you? Mm-hmm. Like the basic ones? I no, know. no, fool. I know the ASL. <laughs> one. I, so for my... For my uh, foreign language in college, I took ASL 1 through 4. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's a pet peeve of yours? Who? Someone cutting you off? To, with talking? Oh, talking. Oh, oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can see. Yeah. Um, is there anything that you thought to be true 10 years ago that you know now is not true? Yeah. Uh, 10 years ago, I didn't think I would be here. And I didn't think I would uh, be amongst people that I admire. Mm-hmm. And 10 years ago, I did not think I would be here in New York or L.A. What's been the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? <laughs> um, oh, you don't have to speak your mind about everything. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still learning. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. And finally, what keeps you encouraged? Family and friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is it. Ah! Thank you for joining us. Tell Thank people where they can find me. you and all that. Yeah, at, yeah, at Paris Camper. Um, and the film festival is coming up. Or the, the short film is in film festivals, but... It should be released soon. It's called She Had to Ask, and it's about a woman proposing to a man. Oh, would you ever do that? Absolutely not. Mm, well, that's why you played the character. Who- uh, <laughs> no, and I didn't even play the character. I played the sister of the oh, one. Okay. But when she got on her knee to do it, I was like, ooh. Get up. Wee. Girl. <laughs> I was, oh, my God. Yeah, I've never. But, you know, it's, it's a thing. It's a, it's a conversation. I ain't mad at it. Because we ask, right, because we ask for everything else but the, we ask for what type, we tell them what type of ring we want, we tell them when we want it, how we want it, how we want to be proposed to, and all of that, but what we won't do is ask the question. I know a girl who was asked to be married, and she told him no, mm-hmm. and, and now she she's ready, but he won't do it. So is she going to do it? No. But I'm like, you fucked it up. You should have just had a long engagement. Oh my God. Oh, well. Yeah. It takes a lot to muster up to be. It know. does. Yeah, then get let down. Yeah. I get it. Anyway, y'all tune in next week. Good night. Night.